You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's infield to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Bufal shot. Oh, my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it, because Saints finally got a win. We are off the mark. We are off and running. Um, and was it the best performance we put in? Maybe not. Did we make it more difficult than we had to? Sure, but it's a clean sheet. It's a win away from home. It's something that hasn't happened a lot uh, in in recent memory, I guess. And I'm lucky enough this week to be able to be joined by Ben Stroud uh, of the Archers Road End at Archers Road End on Twitter uh, to talk about it all. And uh, we get to talk about a lot. We talk about a lot of things from uh, the announcement of the new assistant coach, the the video analyst uh, from Fraser Forrester to Celtic to the win and the formation and Kevin Danzo getting his debut out of position, but still uh, looking like a perfectly capable footballer. So uh, lots and lots of stuff to discuss with Ben, and it's always a pleasure to be able to catch up with him. So uh, we do all of that. We take your questions and uh, that is the show for this week. So uh, we will get to that just in a minute, but I wanted to give a shout out to the newest member of the Patreon community, uh, Duffy Alverson, the former Seattle Sounders fan of the year. Uh, and current co-host of the Yellow Card Podcast. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Uh, as part of what Duffy will get is he gets access to a private chat and he gets priority for having his questions answered each and every week on the show. So thank you, Duffy, for that. I look forward to hearing from you soon, uh, even though we talk quite a bit as it is. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say is a special thanks to Dave Lee, also uh, a Southampton supporter, also a member of the Patreon community um, for taking the time for him and his wife to meet my family um, at our local team. And I say local in quotation marks um, because it's a three hour uh, trip each way for us to get there. It's a two hour trip each way for him, uh, but it is the closest professional soccer or football team, however you want to say it uh, here to us. And uh, we made the trip. Uh, We got to see the Fresno Foxes take on the Colorado switchbacks and in true Southampton fashion, uh, the Colorado switchbacks were up one, nothing late in the game, managed to lose two one, but that's okay because we were there to support the Foxes. Um, the 90th minute winner, uh, from a corner was, uh, was, was great to see, to witness. Uh, my kids were actually, you know, they enjoyed it the whole time and it was only 100 degrees Fahrenheit at kickoff, which was seven thirty PM. So, uh, overall a fantastic night, even if the seats were maybe a bit too close and we had to move back, uh, to get a better perspective you know, for tactical shift reasons and things like that. But anyway, um, thank you everyone for listening. Let's get to my conversation with Ben and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Let's 
We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Ben Stroud. You can find him on Twitter at Archers Road End, and you can get his writing at archersroadend.wordpress.com, although he's currently on a bit of a, a break from that. But um, Ben, uh, welcome back to the show, and, and thanks for joining me on this uh, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's, always, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it's, uh, it's going to be especially nice to talk to you after a win. And uh, yeah. the sun is, is just coming up here. It, it looks like a nice day. And um, I am waking up slowly, so my voice will hopefully grow into the, into the rest of the show. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. But um, I should say that the, the, the show has grown a little bit since you were on last time. Um, so maybe there are some people on here who haven't visited the Archers Road End and maybe just give them a little bit of a, an idea of what to expect if they... Uh, if they show up on the website, uh, yeah, sure. The Archers Road End is is a blog. It's not. I, I feel like the the constant churn of news is, uh, is already being serviced on 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 Twitter and on the various sites. You know, like Reed Southampton, um, even the Athletic now club site Daily Echo, everything like that. So there's a real saturation of news. Um, I don't feel like I need to add to that. So. Uh, when I do write, it's when I've got something to say and it tends to be a little bit more long form. Um, so I, I like, I've always enjoyed long form journalism. So when I do write, I like to kind of put my time in and I like to kind of take my time with it. So, uh, yeah, um, taking a bit of a break from it at the moment, but yeah, if you land on the Archers Road end, what you'll find is kind of, you know, slightly longer, longer posts, not quite war and peace. Uh, but, but pretty much but pretty close to it. Um, but no, it's, it's all good fun. If you love reading about Southampton and you love Southampton Football Club as much as I do, then then I think you'll find something there to enjoy. If not, just follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that, you know, because I'm always chatting on there, really. Yeah, and, and you are, there is, there is a certain kind of a threshold on Twitter where certain people tend to rise above the noise, and I think I think you're one of them. Um, and, and it's always nice because it's, there, there are certain people on there who make statements that are, are kind of just run of the mill. They retweet stuff. I'm, I'm one of those. I, I don't tend to say anything very, I think prolific or profound or anything like that, but it seems like whenever I see something from you or, or Lucy or Luke or some of the other people, like, it's just, you know, you, you tend to nail it more often than not. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see you, you still active on there, even if you're not writing, uh, yeah. as much, but, um, but yeah, that's really, that's really kind of you to say, thank you very, thank you very much. I mean, if you're mentioning me alongside, uh, Lu- Lucy, Lucy, and, Lucy and Luke, that's uh that's a very kind thing to say. So thank you. Ah, well, I mean, you, you did it. Not, not me. You're, you're, you're writing this stuff. <laughs> um, I, I, I can say, I, sometimes I check back on Archer's Road and just to make sure I haven't missed something I'm like, okay, like we're still, I'm still caught up. So, um, <laughs> And, and, and what you say about the news cycle is totally, is totally true. It's, there's a lot of news out there and it's a lot of kind of recycled stuff. And I know certain websites, mm-hmm. I think Luke mentioned he was trying, they were trying to, uh, I guess, fresh press was trying to get away from that. Um, yeah. and I was kind of struggling with that with the newsletter as to what to, to put in there. And I think we've hopefully happened upon something that'll, that'll work and allowing kind of a rotating group of people to write once a month about something they something related to the club that they really like and then it doesn't turn into news and we can always recap uh the the stuff at the at the beginning or whatever or i think i think it all works out because i think it's like you said long-form journalism is something unique and different and uh i i super enjoy it um but 
I guess it, not for everybody, but I guess, you know, that's, that's just what it is. But, um, so, I mean, did you get a chance to, to, to watch either the match or listen to the match yesterday at all? Yeah, both. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, you know, it's always good for, for us to get a win. Uh, people can talk about performance and I'm sure that we'll talk about performance later, but really kind of the main thing that I'll take away from the game and the main thing that I'm pleased about, and I think the fans really should be pleased about is the fact that a, we've got three points and B we've got a clean sheet. I mean, that's, that's, that's brilliant. It's been a, you know, it's been a long time since, since that's happened. Yeah. Brighton, in fact, <laughs> it yeah. was Brighton, it's Brighton, in fact, the last time, last time, you know, I think we kept a clean sheet away from home. So, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and one, I think. Um, so yeah, that was really good for us. Yeah. We play there every week. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Even, even, I mean, well, like I said, we'll talk about the performance cause I, I definitely think, uh, it, it needs mentioning, but, uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't done how to, we haven't gotten that result since, since Brighton away, I think. And, um, yeah. it was pointed out in one of the articles on the athletic that you mentioned earlier that, uh, uh, Hassan has only played the four two 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 a couple of times, and and one time was away at Brighton last year, and and we got the same result. And so, you know, we'll we'll move on and we'll see how it how it goes, and hopefully, yeah, it, it, we continue to improve. Well, I, th- I think it was really refreshing to see Hassan Hoot go with his uh, preferred formation. It's it's something that I've really been crying out for, you know, even from early on early on in the season. It's been a bit frustrating to see us play with five at the back. Uh, with three centre backs, because adding more centre backs doesn't always mean, doesn't always mean you're going to get a better performance with Southampton, right? Because <laughs> you've got you've got you've got then you've got three people in the middle um, who you know. Let's see. Hopefully, you know Danso early performances look like he's a good player, but all of our centre backs, um, including Bed- Bednarek, who I think's great. He's one of the best blockers I've ever seen. Um, play for us. Uh, he seems to get himself in front of the ball uh, like no other, you know, centre back I've seen kind of in in, in recent memory. Um, but even he's got, even he gets caught on his heels a lot. You know, he 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 can be caught kind of static. Um, in some cases, um, all you know, up until we signed Danso, and hopefully it'd be different. All of our centre back options have got what I like to call a catastrophic error in them per game. So you've got all of these all of these centre backs and they are capable all capable of one error that will uh cause us to concede a goal. Yeah. And normally in the Premier League, if you make a mistake, because it because it's so high stakes and there's such high quality there, it means you score a goal. It means that you're conceding a goal. So seeing us have three centre backs playing in that conservative formation um, was really disappointing and, and, and slightly frustrating if I'm honest. So when I saw us playing and going to, you know, Ralph's preferred four two 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 with the kind of double pivot is it was a really nice um, thing to see. And it actually made me feel quite confident because when I saw that, I thought Ralph's confident as well. Um, yeah. When I see him roll out the five at the back, I'm like, you don't think we're going to get anything from this game, do you? Um, but when I see him, uh, when I see him get the, uh, when I see him kind of be confident and play the formation that he likes, I feel like everybody's more comfortable. Um, fans are more comfortable and confident. 
players are more comfortable and confident. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, uh, like I said, performance, like you said, you know, you probably agree performance wasn't, you know, world-class yesterday, sure. but clean, clean sheet and a win. Yeah. And sometimes in football, you've just got to take that. You know, I've seen some absolute like hot garbage up and down the years, uh, you know, following Saints up and down the country. And uh, to be honest, um, I will just take that. You know, my my first thought is yep, three points towards safety. So, sure. yeah. But yeah, yeah. Three three games in three points. I mean, if you if you do the math, we're on pace for 38 and that's generally safety. So, I mean, if yeah. we just I, I don't want to do that, but it, that does cross my mind. And uh, yeah, I think you're a true Saints fan. Yeah, that, that, I think that, I think I think you guys think. have one have gotten me there. Um, <laughs> it's been it, it's difficult to imagine now. It's been you know almost seven years of watching the team now, uh, eight years maybe, and it's just it's crazy just just how time flies by and and you kind of become you know you get super excited about the season and as soon as it starts you're like oh no like this is this is going to be a roller coaster of a of a of a year and. Uh, I could say I woke everybody up yesterday when when Janepo finally uh, got us on the board. So um, my wife's yeah. like, well, I, could, I could tell you scored because the clapping was there and the cursing wasn't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's totally true. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was interesting. It was an interesting lineup yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, seeing Danso uh, in you know start his first game essentially as a right back was was in was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have questions about that because it uh, I think Adam Leach t- uh, tweeted uh, afterwards that that Ralph Osenhul said he was planning on starting Danso at, at left back for Bertrand even if Bertrand wasn't left injured. Even, yep, sorry, that's uh, <laughs> fine. Um, even even if he wasn't injured, and and I that that puzzled me because I mean we should be happy that he's he's in the team. We got him on. We got him in. Uh, we I think we have the option at the end of the season, so that's good. I, I, I'm under the kind of impression that all of our center backs, like you said, they have the the catastrophic error in there. You have, you know, uh, Bednarak gets caught on his heels. Yoshida tends to give the ball away or get turned a little bit. Um, Vestergaard mm. is just he he's slow, and and they are all good center backs. Like, but they're not yeah. they're not elite level center backs. They're not sorry, they're not Virgil Van Dyke. They're not Toby Alderweireld. They're not Jose Font. They all have issues and. You know, they're not top ten. They're not te- top ten cents back. Sure, sure, and and that's okay. You know, like we 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 haven't been a top ten team in some time, so yeah, uh, we we have to kind of and you know be realistic, I guess, in looking at that. But I think that you you bring in a twenty year old center back, and like that doesn't that that's probably not going to change everything. And I was just kind of under the. I don't know. I, I guess I was just kind of under the impression that like we needed somebody to to kind of put some leadership back there and like take charge of the back line because Gunn is still young and maybe if we did that then we could play a back four. But I mean, you know, I, I think whether you play a back five or a back four, like you said, like the 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 center backs are who they are. They're they're going to make those those kind of the the errors that they make and we just have to kind of you know, as they get better, as they get older and better and more experienced, they'll they, hopefully they will cut those out because Yoshida's. I mean, you look at the progression Yoshida's had; he's been a uh, hundred times yeah. better over the past couple of seasons than he was uh, when he was just filling in. And and you just kind of look at and say, hopefully that happens, and the rest of the team can kind of pick that up. And and we have to improve in front of goal still, I think, and and that's okay. So I think I think we are a team right now that that 
that has the ability to to, to progress and has the ability to play really good football. Um, and also, like we saw yesterday, has the ability to uh, make it look like we were down to 10 men for portions, but still, um, you know, managed manage to get a win. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting. It shows a commitment to... Uh, it shows a commitment to a formation if he was willing to play Danso in, 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 in that role. Um, and also it kind of shows, uh, it, you know, Danso's kind of potential adaptability. Um, it, you know, he, he's learning to fit in with our style of play. Um, but, you know, we, we are what we look, we are exactly um, what we look like. We're a work in progress. Um you know, the new signings, learning to fit in with our style of play, players who are returning to fitting in with a style of play. Um, he'll still be looking to kind of fit in with his teammates, but he looks like a good player. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, of Danzo on the ball, uh, he looks capable. He looked comfortable. He, he looked like mm. he could pass. He just didn't quite look like he had played left back in a system where we want width out of our out of our left back. You know, he, yeah. he at a couple of times got caught not quite, back far enough to be really aiding Vestergaard defensively and not forward enough to be aiding Redmond offensively. But so much of our attack came down that side anyway um, mm. through Redmond and so much of our ball possession came there that we tended to like kind of shift everybody that way and we and we forced Brighton to to, to play over there and, and they lost the ball. I mean, if you look at the, the opening kind of uh, sequence of play like they we we forced them to to lose the ball a lot on that sideline and we just kept having kind of throwing after throwing and kind of slowly working it down and it didn't come to anything but um we were kind of dictating stuff there and even if it, it yeah wasn't really doing you know much to to create chances but um i mean any anybody else in in the lineup that kind of stood out to you i mean the the fact that we had ings and adams both starting up front and I think both of them looked like both of them worked extremely hard. I think Ings had the better day probably. Um, yeah. But, but I was, I was pretty impressed with, with the work rate of the, them. And I, I think, it, I think the formation requires that of them, you know, the, the pressing and things like that is needs to happen. Um, and kind of lucky for us, I think Brighton was willing to play football and not go Burnley and, and Brighton are not as good as Liverpool. So I think it's kind of a, it was a decent matchup. Yeah. I, I think that to be perfectly honest, if you try and play, if you try and play football against us to a certain extent, I think you'll struggle a lot more than if you go and, uh, you know, play as Burnley did. Um, you know, we've all respected Burnley because Burnley have a game plan and that's yeah. it. You know, Burnley's tactic was a valid tactic, you know, if you if you don't want to get if you don't want to get pressed out of play in midfield you don't want to get closed down um, and, and 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 you know have mistakes capitalised on in midfield bypass the midfield there we are job done and uh, that you know they did that Brighton you know they like to play football and uh, I, you know I, I think that they I think they have uh, you know I think they have a very very good manager as well. Um, I think they'd be, I, and, and you know, even you know, I think they'd be all right to be perfectly honest. Um, but arguably, they played better than us on the day uh-huh. yesterday. But you know what they say about it. You know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And uh, you know, they they don't have the points, and we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the way it works. And and I would say that Brighton's performance they they were better than us yesterday for large portions of the game, and. But even that, they were not stellar. They were not outstanding. It was, 
it was not they they were not great and we've had plenty of performances like that where we were probably slightly better than the other team and yet we still allowed them to to take the points mm. through a mistake or something like that so like this is i mean this is what happens i think to teams in the middle of the table especially is is you are slightly better than a team but not dominant enough to really establish yourself in a, in a game and and Brighton really did i mean it was for the first 10 or 15 minutes it was mostly Brighton even if we were throwing the ball in they like i think i maybe said earlier it, I'm not sure my my I was very clear there, um, but you know we we struggled a little bit, and whether it's the formation, whether it's the newness of uh, of Danzo in the lineup in, a, in an unfamiliar position to him, or whether it's just you know guys are still trying to work on the system and guys are trying to do new things and they're trying to get used to new roles, and I think that all of that is 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 valid and fine, um, mm. but. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I think we got what, what we needed. And, and I think that the away fans would have seen enough yesterday to say that the signs are there, that, that progress is still being made. And, and I think most fans will be happy with that. Yeah. I think if you can win whilst you're not playing well, that's a good sign. A, a, a lot of people will say that's papering over the cracks, but, you know, sometimes that happens. Um you can win and you can win and not play well, and I think that you know that that that's that's what that's what we did yesterday, um, and I think yesterday in the first half, I think there were kind of two incidents in particular that that I think kind of really stood out for me that 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 uh, in the game, and I think that you know the first one was was a Donay's uh, tackle. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, tackle putting it is putting it lightly on Valerie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really disgraceful tackle. Um, he could have a couple of inches to the left, or, or, or you know, a couple of inches to the right. He could have ended. The, he, he could have done serious damage to to, to kind of Valerie's career. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was a it was a it was a straight up red card all day long. You don't need you don't need VAR for that. No, um, no. He, you know when a ball go when someone goes in in, in that high, um, uh, and he reminds me very much of of of, uh, of Mitrovic okay. um, in in that sense because Mitrovic when he kind of came over first playing for Newcastle and, and and especially when he was playing for Newcastle, but in his earlier career as well, he was the sort of player who once his head had gone, he some of the tackles and some of the things that he would do. Absolutely outrageous. Now Mitrovic has learned to kind of uh, curb that somewhat, um, and kind of is playing and manage to channel a bit more of that passion into being a footballer rather than a thug. Um, but I, I think with that with that tackle, I think when you see kind of a donor, you, you look at that and you think, oh, it's a bit of a, you know, he's, he, he'd lost he'd lost his head there. And uh, you know that that really did us a massive favour. Um, yeah, not 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 a good tackle. No, um, no, it, no. It was. I mean, last week against Liverpool, we had the situation where we were up, we were up a man for a couple of minutes with Milner's injury. Uh, we yep. were able to take advantage yesterday. I'm not sure we. It didn't immediately change the game in our favour. I don't think in that. We didn't look no. all that much more dominant, but it definitely played a role in, in causing Brighton to have to shift um, kind of personnel and formation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, obviously, eventually, I think that played a role in us getting the points. But um, the, the, I think the, the main thing there is that, is that Valerie was able to get up and walk away from it 
um, even if he didn't yeah. finish out the the entire game. And um, you know, you mentioned you didn't you don't need VAR for that. There, the TV camera for me was pulled all the way out uh, for that shot, and so you could see uh, Kevin Friend running over as soon as the tackle mm-hmm. happens, and he's he's reaching for his back pocket right away. And I kind of made me sit up in my seat because I just thought. You know, from when I saw it, it just looked like two guys came together. It didn't, it, it actually looked like uh, he, they turned their backs on each other almost. It didn't look like anything. And then you see him reach for the back pocket and I kind of sat up and went like, uh, like what's happening? And, and then they showed, they immediately showed the replay and it was like, oh my, like that, that was terrible. And, you know, straight red and you can, um, one of the other Brighton players is right in kind of in the background of the shot and you can just see him head yeah. on hands as soon as it happens. And, and I think that, that tells you the whole story. And then they, they I mean, uh, they even came out and apologized for it afterwards. They said it was a bad tackle yeah. and he deserved to go off. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of stuff is you can't have that, but, but he had had, uh, Landoni had had, or Andoni had had a couple of chances earlier, a couple of runs and things like that it caused mm-hmm. us a little bit of an issue. And the, the announcers were kind of talking pretty big about him. And then for him to go, you know, be frustrated by that or whatever, and then go off and, and, and do that is just unnecessary. And, and definitely, I mean, had that been a Saints player, we would have been super upset with him for for kind of you know potentially costing us the game. Yeah, I mean that's that that's the thing. You would look at that and you would say, you know, if he'd stayed on, maybe the complexion. I mean, the complexion of the game would probably have been different because Brighton would have been able to play, uh, you know, with that extra man, have a man in the box, have someone in there to you know causing causing trouble. Because if you cause trouble against our centre backs, you're going to get chances. Um, so, you know, having, having, having that happen really, you know, changed things. Um, Brighton still played very well. Um, but they didn't have that kind of, you know, just didn't have an extra body. And I, I think that that, that, that does count, uh, you know, cause everyone's having to run a little bit harder, really. Sure. Um, you know, and then of course we had the, you know, they had the, uh, the disallowed goal. Uh-huh. Um, which was uh, a case where, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about VAR and uh, thinking that it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. Um, personally, w- with, regards to, with regards to that one, I almost don't think we needed it. We, we didn't need it to go to VAR for that. The referee should have really blown up straight away um, because uh, you, you look at it... Uh, you know, dunk, dunk's header, <laughs> dunk's dunk's header goes in, and you look at it and you think, I can't see a clearer case of something being a blatant foul, yeah, uh, or 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 an offside because, you know, the player was offside, the player was interfering with play, mm-hmm. and he was obstructing the keeper. Yep, it's like the holy trinity of things that will get a goal disallowed. Yeah, so so you know, for any for, for the fact that there was a delay. Really, that was a bit frustrating for me because I thought we don't need VAR to question that decision. Um, that sh- that really should have been referee should have seen that blown up literally before the ball crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the linesman the linesman should have been flagging that as well. And I think yeah. in a non-VAR situation or last season, that the the flag does go up right away, and there's never a question. You know, there's the, the the Brighton doesn't get to celebrate at all. Brighton fans don't even get to really be upset about it at all. But because uh, of no. the way things are now that meant that, that there was a little bit of a delay. And I think that maybe there was a wake up call for us that even, you know, 
given the situation we were in, this was not going to be easy and we needed to, to be better than that. And, uh, yeah. you know, we got a little bit lucky and I think we got better towards the end of the first half. I think, um, you know, I think that the, we played the best we had in that first half at the very end going into the break. And I think that was important because obviously I don't think Ralph was going to be super happy with how things were going. Uh, and no. so I think that, that we would have had to come out and play uh, a little bit better. And, and I was a little bit worried. I was a little bit worried we were going to walk away with, with a nil nil draw. And that was not going to be, um, not going to be what we, what we needed given we were up a man and we had, we had a chance to go on the road in the Premier League and get, and, and get three points. And that's something that, you know, you, you only get so many chances to do that if you're not a member of kind of the top six, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that, you know, I, I think that another important element of, of, of this three points yesterday was the fact that it was an away game. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, in away games, you take, you know, a point is brilliant. Three points is fantastic. Um, you know, both of them kind of are sometimes slightly unexpected from us. Um, so, yeah. Um, first first half, you're looking at it and you think, oh, nil-nil or they're going to get something. You, you know, Brighton are going to nick something because you look at the bench and you go, oh, Glenn Murray's on the bench. Uh-huh. And he just absolutely loves scoring against us. Yeah. You, you, you know, so you look at that and you're like, oh, no. We've seen this happen before. And so, yeah, going in at half time at nil-nil, um, yeah, there, there, there was still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I think that going into the second half, I think one positive or, or one thing that I think is absolutely fantastic were that the two changes, you know, the, the, or, or all of the changes, really, the changes that Ralph made all, you know, pretty much made a difference on the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smart, a smart use of substitutes um, really changed the game. And, uh, y- you know, I think that what you've got here is a really interesting, you know, got a re- really interesting kind of conundrum here because, you know, Gineppo being introduced at that part of the game, he was introduced and he changed the game almost immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and with what? I mean, that goal... I think I think it, it was stunning. Um, you know, he he gave the keeper absolutely no chance. It was the one place where, you know, the keeper wasn't going to go. Um, and he really he he's looking like his cameo against Liverpool, um, and he's got a longer uh, period of time uh, yesterday uh, against Brighton really showed that he's, he's capable of something really good. He's obviously still very raw, um, but he's the sort of player that I really like. Um, he looks like the sort of player who fit in well with our model and our philosophy. Um, and I think one thing you know that I kind of want to talk about is the fact is, and, and I think people may not want to hear this, um, but you know, going from, you know, the fans forum a couple of weeks ago uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, our general kind of business model, people may want, want to hear this, but, you know, we do buy young players with potential to sell them on to make money. Mm-hmm. That is how we keep the lights on at this stadium. 
This is how we keep the this is how we keep the club moving. This is how we keep signing younger players. Because the fact is, um, smart players will move to us like Gineppo, and uh, they know if I look good for Southampton and I play out of my skin every game, a bigger club's going to look at me. Um, and really, if you look down the years, um, it's hard to disagree. Barring you know, barring kind of you know, Matt, Matt Letizia, the players who look their best for us are the ones who are constantly playing for a move. Yeah. You look at Van, you look at Van Dyke, you look at you know, you look at even kind of Alderweireld, you look at you look at you know the big players who 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 have left us. The smart players and the best players are the ones who are playing and they're constantly looking for a move. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm I'm almost not that upset about it and no. maybe that's maybe that's wrong of me to say but i think that i don't know like i think i think there are a lot of places where people are looking for a move and if that's what motivates them like i want the players to be motivated to, to play and i want them to respect the club and respect the fans and do what's right there but if their long-term goal is to play you know somewhere else like i don't i don't have a problem with that i guess yeah and i think that people need to get get real with regards to why we need to do you know why a why we need to do it it's, it's so we can make money and we can invest in more kind of elements in the club you know we would still want to attract the, the best young players young players who are sub 20 for for you know the developmental squads and and, and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um but we also want to attract younger players you know you know 21 22 year olds you know everything up to kind of 25 we want to get, attract those players so that they can you know, play first team football for us and, and, and maybe progress on to something bigger. But also, you know, I think one of the things they said, I think there's something like our wage bill had increased something like 30 million in the past uh, three years, three mm-hmm. or four years. Um, you, you know, that's us standing still. That's us even regressing somewhat. Yeah. And our wage bill increase increases by that amount. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you look at that and you go, Right. Okay. Well, people will go. Well, give these players bigger contracts. Give these players, you know, what we want. We literally can't. We can't. Uh, financial fair play means that our wages can't exceed a certain percentage of our turnover. Mm-hmm. So we can't sit there. We don't have the infinite funds, or we don't have the global reach of Liverpool yet. We don't have the, you know, reach of United. We don't have the merchandising sales. We don't have all of the, all of the other things that generate money for a club that enable them to pay the wages uh, that, that, that players would like. A, if they, you know, so A, they're going to go to a bigger club, you know, or a bigger brand, so, you know, you could say, because they'll be able to, uh, you know, double their wages. Um, I'll always bring up... Um, you know, Morgan Schneidlin, because I know it was a while ago, but I think it's valid. Um, when Schneidlin was going to go to Manchester, you know, went to Manchester United, we, we made him a final top offer of £70,000 a week. And United, probably knowing that he was going to be kind of, you, you, know, a, a, you know, a kind of you know, middle-ranking player at the club, yeah. without breaking a, a sweat, can go, OK, we're off you a starting of 120000 a week. So that's where that that's what that's what you're competing against. Yeah, the chance to win trophies, and the chance to you know earn a earn a, a kind of fantastical salary, and players will be looking at that and going, 
well, I want both, really. Football's a short career, and I'll, 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 do, I'll do what I can in that respect. So, you know, coming, coming, coming back to the overall, the overall kind of point that, you know, really, really wanted to make is that, yeah, you know, most of these players and, 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 and coaches and, and, and staff and people like that, if we find good ones, enjoy them while they're here because they're here for a good time, not for a long time. And I'm happy with that. You know, if we, if we find enough one, that's great. If we don't, then, you know, that's, that's when we start getting into, in, in, into trouble. But I, I think that he's, he looks like, he looks like a find. Um, and, but I think that, you know, if these players are sensible, they'll be working hard, playing uh, out of their skin and, you know, looking to see what comes along because yeah. ultimately it benefits us. The yeah. best seasons we've had is when players play for a move. Yeah. I mean, Janepo came on yesterday and smiled constantly. Um, yeah. You know, scored a goal, uh, yeah. got a yellow card, uh, his second <laughs> his second in two appearances. You know, he's... I think he's yep. played maybe 45 minutes. I don't even think he's played that much in, in two yellow cards. So maybe that's going to be an issue defensively, but um, you know, yep. whatever he's, he, he doesn't stop smiling. He doesn't stop running. He doesn't stop, you know, trying things. And I think that's what we want. Like we want somebody to, to, to come on and do that. Cause that's exciting. That's, and that, and that's when, when somebody that's that young, I think comes on and has no fear whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't maybe almost doesn't recognize the, how he's supposed to feel in that situation. You know, it's just, uh, well, I'm going to go do what I do and that's it. And, um, I think, I think it's great. And hopefully he doesn't lose that, you know, and hopefully he continues. So that goal was just fantastic. And his celebration and the team, you could just, <laughs> you could just see what it meant to, to everybody, you know, and it was, uh, it was, it was great. And then, I mean, he already seems very well liked. Yeah. Uh, by, by, by everybody who he, uh, who he, uh, you know, his, his, his teammates. I still find it mind-blowing, um, you know, geographically for me, that I think that he lives in Bitten, which is uh, <laughs> where my nan grew up in Southampton, um, which, uh, you know, Matt, I don't think you'd have had the, uh, the, the honour or the privilege of walking into Bitten Precinct. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a... Uh, it's just mind blowing to think that he, he lives there and people have like spotted him coming in and out of like various shops and stuff like that. But he's a well liked. He, he already seems like a well liked lad, and he seems like he's he's kind of you know made friends and and and, and settled into the team. And it seems like it's a positive. Um, he, he kind of brings a positivity to the team, which is nice because you can tell players who are kind of maybe liked by members of the squad, but can be somewhat corrosive uh if you know what i mean um you know i think when i look at it i look at people like charlie austin mm-hmm. um who you know was moved on austin is one of those people who's who, who's not for everybody mm-hmm. um and i think that he may have uh you know rubbed a few people up the wrong way internally and externally um with some of his behavior um you know he doesn't come across very well sometimes. No, um, no. And, no. you know, I can, I guess I can, I can dislike somebody, but then also respect them for being themselves. And, I, and I think it, I think there was, if you look at Charlie Austin uh, and you read his comments before he ever came to us and you look at kind of his attitude and things like that, like we, he was just being himself like, and we can be mad at him and we could be upset in the moment. But if you really take, I think take a step back and just look at 
at who he is and how he acts. I think that's just it. Um, you know, and, and guy, people can change and maybe, maybe he will, and maybe things are just bad for him right now and he'll, he'll be happier elsewhere. And hopefully he is. Uh, cause yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't really wish people harm. It's just not worth it. No. You know? Um, but, but I mean, yeah, you, you got guys like him, you got guys like Mario Lamina who obviously, you know, things are not going well for at the club and hopefully we sort out a move for him. But, um, I mean, I think you look at his personal life too. Things don't look super, super great from, from the outside. It looks like, uh, his, his longtime girlfriend is no longer appearing in his Instagram stories or, nor is she, uh, shooting Instagram stories from their home. So it looks like that's mm-hmm. done. And she's now started following Ian Valerie on, on, on Instagram and commenting. So, well, I don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> it, it, can't, it, it can't be great, <laughs> oh, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's very, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's all the, the, the off build stuff. I, I can fully appreciate it with kind of Mario in that sense, because, um, you know, I think that's not just, that that's not just um his girlfriend that's the mother of his child uh-huh yeah and i think that that, that uh, i think that that would that would spin anyone out in fairness sure um so you know i think i think that he 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 wanted to i think he he wanted to leave he wants to go um you, you know maybe he associates this whole period with that yeah. i think we've had that before with players um we had that with Kevin Phillips um, when he played for the club. He had a, a number of kind of personal issues in his marriage um, when he was down here at Southampton. Um, and uh, that kind of culminated in him kind of want, you know, leaving really. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think sometimes players just see being at a certain place and they associate it with kind of a, a not a great time in their life personally and they just sure. want to go and and to be honest I understand that and yeah. if that if that's the, if that's the case um y- you know then you know I hope that they get they get the moves that they deserve you know I don't bear any ill will against you know like I said I don't think Austin fitted in very well with the kind of mentality at Southampton but or certainly kind of the philosophy at times. I know that he was fond of going out on, uh, and and having him and him and Jack Stevens were very very fond on horse racing and boozing basically. Um, so you know those are the two things. Uh, so I don't think that would necessarily fit in with a uh, you know a teetotal Austrian who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who who is who is is very much kind of uh, a details orientated person, um, which maybe was why Stevens is finding himself out in the cold at the moment. Sure. Um, but you know, uh, with these players who are on their way out, you know, I, I think best of best of luck to them. I hope that Carrillo for I don't bear any ill will towards him in particular. I think he was a, a buy that didn't fit in with our ideology at all. Um, and he needed to, so I really hope, I really hope for him that he finds a good, you know, an exit. He's not in there, they're causing trouble. Right. He doesn't strike me as someone who's, you know, uh, particularly got, you know, that much of a troublemaker. No. You know what I mean? He's just a bad guy and I really hope we find a solution for him so that we, you know, we can, we can kind of, uh, get him moved on and he can get back to doing what he does best, which is, you know, playing football and enjoying it. I think, yeah. you know, that's the minimum that you'd like. You'd like all of these players to be playing football, some you know, and enjoying it. And yeah, 
if they if they don't enjoy playing for Southampton, then then it's best that they play kind of somewhere else for them and for us. Really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, you know, earlier we we kind of mentioned the 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 changes that Ralph had made during during the match and and bringing Janepo on and having him having impact, but uh, later yeah. on, um, I guess one thing that that it, it was different is I mean basically we we've, we've brought Janepo on twice now and kind of removed any any idea of having an actual like legitimate fullback on the pitch and just had wide players um and i don't know if we shifted to a back three at that point or what happened but uh it Mm. was it it, i I couldn't really make it out at that point but um eventually buffal comes on as well and also has an impact and also looks lively and also looks like he is enjoying the football and which we you know like we both talked about is important and um him beating that guy and then and then uh you know Redmond getting in at the back post sneaking in behind a defender um just you know he he put it in from Raheem Sterling range where all he had to do was just block it into the goal and it was uh yeah. it was it was fantastic it's it's so good to see Redmond get off the mark Buffal to have a have a role for us to see a move that worked um mm. and and have like you know Buffal has that little bit of individual quality and that individual kind of creativity, uh, and I think the football intelligence for the most part to be able to to put that in and do that and and kind of create the chance that just sealed the game and I think just gave us all this huge kind of sense of relief. Yeah, I think the Buffal is a, an impact player. Uh-huh. That's what I see him as, um, and that's what he did yesterday. And the the one the one thing is, you know, you, you have kind of everyone, you know. Buffal's one of those players. I think he's a Twitter player. I think he's a YouTube player. I think he's one of those players that that people rave over. Um, you know, because you can look at highlights. You can look at you know, blah blah blah. He had the most dribbles in in, in La Liga last season. You know, um, more than Messi. Um, but what I liked most about yesterday is what he should be doing, and this is it. This is, I think I said this earlier in the week, Buffal's an excellent player, but what he needs to do is he needs to, and, and what we need to see him do is goals and assists. That's what he needs to do. It's all, you know, it's amazing seeing step overs. It's amazing seeing a player take on two, you know, two or three players, but you need to have an end product at the, at, with, with that. And seeing him come on and do that, provide a, a, a fantastic pass across the goal, um, you know, for for Redmond, like you said, you know, it it, it would have been harder for Redmond to miss that. Um, but that's what we wanted to see from him, and it looks like, you know, I I was I was furious with him when he refused to, you know, like a couple of seasons ago, he refused to warm up for Chelsea, and he had a falling out with Hughes. Right. Um. You know, I still wouldn't defend that. I still think, you know, regardless of what you think of a manager, you should play because you're not playing for the manager you're playing for your teammates sometimes um and you know when he scored that fantastic individual goal against West Brom first thing he seemed to do is he was kind of more interested in in, in running across to Pellegrino and, and kind of you know uh telling him you, you know you shouldn't be uh you know basically kind of getting up in his face but I, I think that, you know, he seems to have come back to the club and I think that he seems to have kind of come back to a club where he's had some time away, maybe he's matured a little bit and everything's, and, you know, he's come back to a bit of a better environment, really, with, with kind of, you know, coaches who seem to have a game plan and know what they're doing. 
and they maybe kind of manage him a bit better. Um, you know, maybe they, they just know what he needs. Um, Ralph likes to have those one-to-ones with players yeah. and have a conversation with them. And I think that he is a sort of, I think, I think Bufaus is a sort of lad who he is very much like, he's the sort of player who responds to, a, you know, someone putting their arm around your shoulder and having a chat with him and going, you know, come on, you can do better than this or, you know, let's do this or I really like this. Kind of, I'd love to see a bit more of this. I think yeah. he responds to that sort of management rather than sort of, you know, the, the, the slightly kind of, uh, you know, top down dictatorial style that, that, that some other managers, you know, some of our other managers uh, may have had, um, you know, I'm kind of thinking kind of Hughes in particular, Yeah. but uh, you know, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a, that's a good thing. And if we have him back and firing like that, then, you know, he's a, he's a great option to have on the bench um I'm, I'm not sure if he's a starter um but i, I certainly you know because i certainly think you need more kind of tactically focused players on from the start of a game um but i certainly think he's someone who you can bring on and he's just you know he, he's just a disruptor he just disrupts games yeah um with his talent um you know and he has the potential to do something unexpected if you've got that sort of player you can bring on on, on, on 70 plus minutes you know, that's the sort of player you can bring on. That's a great option to have, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, and I said, you know, put it on a plate for for Redmond and then, and then you know, and 2-0. And then we've got, we're going away with three points uh, out of a game that arguably we, we didn't really deserve. So, sure. you know, that's good. Yeah, good. yeah. I mean, if, if we did it every week, right, I think you could, you would eventually go like, ah, oh, my, like, you know, this might not, be great long term because it it eventually won't happen but yeah the way we went about it yesterday is just the way you have to do it sometimes and i think if you look i think our xg not that i want to get super super caught up in that uh last week against liverpool we had a higher xg than they did you know we yeah created the better chances and we didn't uh we just couldn't finish and 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 brighton had chances yesterday uh the i forget who it was um Somebody, I think it was Lacardia, maybe missed from what had to be a half a foot away, uh, and managed yeah. to get. I think somebody managed to get a hand on it or a body part on it and get it onto the post, and it's it's off. But like, there were yeah. moments there where, you know, we were on the edge, and it it all just kind of went our way yesterday from, uh, from from the red card to you know the their disallowed goal to us to Janepo's shot finding the back of the net uh, out of nowhere and. I think all of that, I, I think, is is we just have to be thankful that that's the way it went. We have to look and say, the guys kept in it. They kept at it. Things didn't necessarily happen for them all game, but they didn't put their heads down. They didn't They didn't drop their shoulders. They didn't do any of that stuff. They just kept at it and kept doing it. I think that's what we yeah. want. And well, it, happened, it happened when it mattered. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, the, the score doesn't matter at 85 minutes. The score doesn't matter at, at you know, one minute, 85 minutes. Score matters uh, at ninety, or yeah. when the ref blows his whistle, and that and that, that's ultimately what it was. You know, people won't remember the performance, but they'll remember the fact that you know the three points are there, and that's on the docket. You know, yeah. I mean, in the end, we wind up with more attempts on target, with the same number of of attempts. Um, yeah. You know, possession basically even. They had more corners, but in the end, it it did kind of even out, even if it didn't feel like that. You know. Uh, even if it felt like Brighton maybe deserved uh, a little bit more. So 
Um, I'll, I'll be, I'll happily take that. Um, like, like the fact that Glenn Murray did not score because I even typed some derogatory things when he came on the pitch. Um, cause I was worried about him doing it cause he just yeah. seems to make it, make our lives miserable. Um, when we do it, but, um, I, I say we, we, we move on. We got a couple of other things we should discuss and we're running out of a, a little bit of time. Um, yeah, no, that's not. It's not you. It's I'm. In, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the conversation. And I think that's 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 why we're that's why we're here. So, cool. um, I mean, I, I do want to point out there were some other things that happened um, this this week, and I'm not going to pretend to know anything about uh, Kitz Bilchler or something, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Uh, no, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it's Kitzel Bilcher or or something like that. Yeah, I, I've probably yeah. spelled it wrong on here, which is totally not okay to do um but you, you you may have spelled it wrong i've absolutely probably mangled the pronunciation so i think that i think that you know i think that i think that's I think that's totally fine yeah to be perfectly honest we have <laughs> we have a new assistant coach and we do and i'm not gonna pretend to know anything about him but uh just just on a on a workload uh kind of front do you do you think ralph kind of needed this do you think it was because he didn't seem necessarily initially like he was going to rush to replace him and then all of a sudden it seemed like well maybe we do need that um with with rule kind of leaving um so so i mean do you think this is a good move just just kind of in in general just in terms of of the the work that ralph was putting in maybe the extra stuff doesn't quite work and and now maybe that's more balanced for him well i think he needs someone who's who can specifically focus on the opposition i think having an opposition coach which is what this guy you know uh is coming to do um analyzing the opposition um alongside ralph i think that's probably where he kind of needed the help i don't think it's necessarily you know getting people to do more sprints it's more kind of you know a lot of kind of video analytics and, and and kind of really you know preparing the detailed elements of it which is what I think kind of Danny Roll's uh, move uh, w- role was uh-huh. um, to kind of, you know, provide that sort of in-depth kind of analytics on, on, on our opponents um, and, and what this, uh, this new guy is doing as well. I think it's an incredibly important role for us because um, Ralph is a details-orientated manager. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a good move. What made me laugh is that I think that the club uh, – the club put out a statement once Danny Rowe, Rowe left saying, oh, Ralph's, Ralph's entirely comfortable with the situation. Um, you know, he, see, he thinks everything's kind of totally fine. Um, you, you know, we can carry on. But then I, I think that someone, you know, uh, at the club may have got a phone call from Ralph going, no, I'm not very comfortable with this. I want a like-for-like replacement. Sure. Um, you, you know, because I think that's what he needs. Um, I, I think that's that's... That's genuinely, I, th- I think that is a piece of the puzzle that needed filling. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think in terms of an assistant, I don't think it's like um, this isn't a guy who's putting out, you know, putting out all of the, uh, you know, little kind of training bollards and kind of, you know, inflating the uh, set piece people for the uh, goalkeeper training. Uh-huh. Uh, it, this is this is someone who's there to provide a very specific, uh, he's got a very specific brief. Um what he's done, and it's what he's done before. I think he's worked with Roger Smith. Roger Smith's a similar style of manager. Mm-hmm. Um, they are there to, you know, he's there to provide in-depth analytics and analysis of the of the opponent, um, and uh, I think that's a good thing. 
I think yeah. having someone like him on board, that, that's a positive for us because the more we know, the more we can do, you know, the more that we can, uh, you, you know, better kind of prepare ourselves for opponents. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, um, so yeah. Yeah. So if he focuses on the opponents, Ralph can focus on, uh, you know, getting the team ready for that and coming up with solutions. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, in, I mean, in, I guess in transfer news, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the outgoings are still being, being worked on and, and Fraser Forrester this week, uh, got a move back to Celtic, uh, on a, on a season long loan. And I think, um, I don't know. I think personally, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. It's, it's always a little bit weird to see guys go back to where they came from. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think from everything I've read, it seems like Celtic are really happy to have him back. And I think he is happy to go back and, and, and hopefully contribute. And I know he's, uh, at time of recording, he was announced in the starting lineup. Uh, I don't know how it's going. Um, but I mean, for you, I mean, Fraser Forster, I think we talked before, has produced some of the, the goalkeeping mom, uh, moments or matches that I will, that are most kind of ingrained in my memory uh, in terms of being a Saints fan. And, and I wish him, you know, the absolute best while he's there and, 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 and after that. So, I mean, for you, I mean, you think this is a good move for him in terms of, and us, I guess, in terms of, uh, of his career and his, I guess, just his ability to go back and, and kind of be comfortable being the number one again. Yeah, it's a win-win for us. Um, you know, I know that Fraser's kind of potentially had kind of off the field personal issues, um, and the club have supported him throughout that. Um, uh, I know that he was offered the opportunity to leave last season, but he didn't feel ready to leave. Um, I, I think, you know, mentally he wasn't in a good place. And I think that the, 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 the statement kind of coming out of the club was that he didn't feel ready to be a number one again, anywhere else. Um, I think that he's had another year he's been in a good environment he's been around kind of colleagues and teammates going into work every day you, you know um and uh he is going somewhere where arguably i'd, I'd say that it's, it's lower pressure being in the spl uh-huh. um you, you know um uh, and also he's going to somewhere where he's enjoyed some time there i don't always i'm not always a bit an advocate of going back um, but I think in this situation, it's a good option for him because, you know, he knows some of the players who are up there. Um, he's going from one, you know, close knit environment to another one, really. Um, and I think that's a good thing for him. Um, you know, he's well remembered by the Celtic fans. Celtic have got, you know, a, a great fan base and, and, you know, they're, they're happy he's back. So, um, I think it's a, I think it's a win-win for us. Um, and you know, I really do kind of wish him all the best. He, he's had some fantastic performances. Um, I think a really serious injury that he had against Burnley a few seasons ago, definitely changed the way he was as a goalkeeper. Um, you know, I always say this, you'll notice with Foster throughout the game that he'll always be stretching in his, in his six yard box. He'll always be kind of stretching because you know, his, his lower body, his legs and his ligaments down there, they're not the same. Um, he's not able to kind of get down necessarily quite as quickly as, as he used to. And I think that we kind of saw that to some extent. But, you know, I think the only way of kind of, you know, testing that really for him 
is to be out there playing competitively and and and, and, and you know i'm happy for him and I, I really do wish him the best and you know fingers crossed we'll see what happens if he's happy up there um then you know next season i know there's not necessarily like an obligation or anything like that but you know we could see him kind of moving back up there on a permanent basis um but but you know but we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see but i'm yeah. i'm happy for him really yeah. happy for him baby steps you know he's he is probably not ready to just dive in and, and be sold and and you know the whole upheaval of your entire life can uh cause some other issues but on and off the pitch so let's hope that he's let's hope that he just enjoys his time up there and enjoys you know playing again and enjoys enjoys the competition and, and all that stuff uh because that is that's important and a lot of those guys that's what they you know if they if you lose that love then the the you know, putting in the extra training and, and just picking yourself up when things don't go uh, for you is, is difficult. So hopefully that, hopefully that kind of helps them out. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we have a couple of questions here and, right. and I mean, do you, you mind answering a, a couple of these? No, love it. Yeah. Right. Bring it on. All right. So at saints world FC uh, asked us a question about Ralph telling Adam Leach that Danza was always going to start at left back ahead of Bertrand. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, but but patrons of the show get priority for having their questions answered and yep. we, we have a couple from them. Uh, so, so Rob who's at RJC SFC uh, says, how would you line up the defense long-term after seeing how well Danzo played? And for me personally, I, I thought Danzo was a perfectly capable footballer. I thought he was, was good on the ball and everything else. I'm not sure I want to see him at left back again. Um, I, I would like, yeah. especially in the four, two, 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 where the, our even our wide midfielders play sli- uh, more narrow, and the width has to be taken up by the fullbacks. I think we need a fullback who's comfortable doing that. Uh, I'm not sure Danzo is that person. Uh, I think he's right-footed. He's on the wrong side. Like it's you can see him constantly checking back and making those passes back into uh, midfield or back into uh, Vestergaard. And so, like, I'm not sure I want that. But like, what would you do um, to answer Rob's question? What would you do kind of with the defense, given given that now he's here and he can play football? Well, yeah, I, I think that's a good. Uh, obviously, what we'd be looking at is we look be looking at kind of Bertrand and Valerie, and then we're looking at the centre back pairing. I mean, my priority, my 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 preference would probably be um, either Bednarek or and Danso, or Yoshida and Danso. Um, I I just you know Vestergaard, I just think is too kind of slow for 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 this level. Um, but I think those are the partnerships that, that I'd, I'd like to see, certainly for this season. Um, obviously, kind of a Vestergaard kind of coming in and filling, you know, filling one of those spots if, if, they're, if they're not available. But I'd like to see us stick with a 4 2 2 I think it's the correct formation for us. And I just think we've just got to commit. You, you know, if we, we can't talk about a formation, we've got to play the formation. And I think that's the right formation for us. And, and the more the players are familiar with it, the better the performances will be. Um, so, so yeah. Okay. I, there, there were instances yesterday where Brighton had a lot of pace and several times kind of that space in behind Danzo when he was kind of caught halfway in between uh, gave Vestergaard real problems. And, mm. and that does worry me a little bit uh, going forward uh, if Vestergaard is there in a two, especially because he doesn't have um, as much cover and um, yeah, I, I am worried, but I, I think Vestergaard is, um, I, I guess one thing I, I wanted to, to point out 
is is in the past couple of weeks and even during preseason, I think we've seen Vestergaard from that left center back spot in the back three be able to switch the ball out to Valerie on the right. Like he is good at making that yeah. long diagonal pass. And yesterday, so much of our attack came down the left hand side with Redmond that we didn't make that switch to you know and and force Brighton to spread out and check back over to the right side. And I would have liked to see I've seen that a little bit. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the product of him just not having as much time on the ball in a, in a two or what it was, but um, uh, if if you're taking that kind of that long diagonal pass away from him uh, and us being able to kind of, I don't know, even if we lose the ball there, we can press up there and and get it back. And and I I just think that that was a, a I I didn't see it enough yesterday, and I would have liked to have seen it. And maybe that's a result of you know Valerie having one and a half knees instead of two after that yeah. tackle, but yeah. we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, we got a couple other ones from, from Instagram. Um, right. and this one's from Millard 505. Uh, and Buffal looked great when they came on against Brighton. Do you think we should see them in the starting lineup? Uh, Gineppo, yes. Buffal, no, not yet. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, I think that, that Buffal using him as an impact player, I, I just, you know, I'd like to see a bit more end product before I say, yeah, you know, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him as a starter. Um, I think there are more consistent players ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, the Sometimes I think that the guys have a role that they play and, and not that, you know, if, if, if Ralph's having these one-on-ones and these guys are saying, look, I'm comfortable in the role I'm in. Uh, I want to do what's best for the team. Uh, I like coming on and and having an impact. I think then then there's no there's not necessarily a need to change that right away. Um, yeah. If we think it's best for the team, it's when those guys think, "Look, I'm doing all of this so that I can get into the starting lineup," and then and then they don't get that chance. Uh, I think that's when you start mm-hmm. to see kind of the discontent kind of be there. But if Ralph has got his hand around Buffal or his arm around Buffal and has said, "You know, we can, you know, this is this is what I need from you, and you are doing great. Go out there and do this for." You know, I need 12 or 15 hard minutes from you. I think that's fine. I think we've seen, you know, instances where uh, guys, people were asking for Sims to start games and, and he would start and he just wouldn't have the, quite the impact that he that he did, um, you know, coming off the bench late in games. And so I think that, that everybody's got a role to play. And I think that's that's where those guys are now. I'm perfectly fine with those guys coming off of the bench. Um Somebody mentioned on Twitter, you know, JWP didn't look quite as good as he did last season. Um, and so if that's the case, then maybe maybe at one point somebody will come in and start a game for him. But I think he plays a certain kind of role and and he's willing to do the running and willing to do the pressing, willing to make late runs into the box and then also is on set piece duty. So I think that those those things, he's added enough to his game for me to keep his spot. So um, Yeah, and, and, and also it, it's three games in. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I think I think there's that whole thing. One of the things that I'm frustrated, I get a bit frustrated about is 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 the calling it now brigade on Twitter. Um, you're like calling it now, we're gonna finish, we're gonna get relegated, sure. or calling it now, this lad's not gonna be a very good player, mm-hmm. or calling it now, so and so is gonna have an awful, awful season. Um, it's too early. It's far too, it's it's far too early this season. Every season's different and. Uh, you know, some players take longer to kind of get up and running in into the into the kind of swing of things um, than than others. So you know, I, I think it's too early to make kind of long term predictions. 
um just take each game as it comes really and uh but i'm confident that that you know james will Prowse is a good player and uh you're right i think that yeah you know he may not you know he, he certainly doesn't have the trickery of some of the other players that we're talking about but you know i, th- I think you know like i said if you want a set piece 25 yards out you want a set piece you know who do you want taking it you know, do you want do you want do you want Buffal taking it, or do you want Warprowse taking it? I know who I'd want taking it. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt whatsoever. Um, all right, one one more uh, from Fred yep. Lazaro, 2011, on uh, Instagram, who's also one of the, of the patrons of the show, and uh, people can send in their questions on Twitter, Instagram, or or, or Facebook, or via email, however they want. Um, we'll try to get to as many of them as we can. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this week and, and we didn't really even talk about Josh Sims coming on late last night, uh, for the Red Bulls, which I just want to say like Jeremy Orr and I, uh, Jeremy Orr is a Bay area (laughs) fan and we went from, he drove to my house and I can't remember if we talked about this, Santa Maria, sorry, he drove from Oakland to Santa Maria. Uh, and then we drove from Santa Maria down to LA. So he drove eight hours in the car, um, essentially maybe even 10 hours, um, to get down there and to find out that Josh Sims had not made the trip out because he didn't have, uh, you know, the visa or whatever all worked out. So he couldn't even play yet. And so we yep. watched a nice game of football. We saw six goals. It was great. Um, but we would, we were there to support Josh Sims and he was not even in the building. Um, and, and that's the last time he's going to be on the West coast this year. So we won't see him play, but he came on um, and, and I guess looked decent, but I didn't watch the game cause I was at, uh, I was at a second, a U.S. second division game, my first ever and uh, the whole family, uh, really, really enjoyed it. So, um, missed that. Can but I, can I, can I, can I yeah, just make on. a point on that? Um, I just want to make a real, real, real kind of quick point on that. The whole situation about people, uh, criticizing people supporting Southampton who are not from Southampton or choose to say wear a Jersey or support a team in a way that they don't feel is the right way to support a team. There is no right or wrong way to support a team unless you're beating someone up. Um, or racially abusing somebody. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, you know, like you just said there, you've got people, you, you know, someone makes an eight-hour journey to watch one of our players on loan play. You know, people make transatlantic flights to go and see, come and see Southampton uh, play often pre-dismal game, di- yeah, dismal <laughs> games of football, okay? Yeah. Um, if someone wants to wear a football shirt, if someone wants to travel on a bus to a game, if someone wants to do... You know, if someone wants to show their support in a way that's different to you, um, let them do that. They have every right to do that. And I, I just, I just, it, it, it's one of those things. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to get off my chest because it really annoys me. Because no. I was born and bred in Southampton. As far as I'm concerned, if you support Southampton, you're all right with me. You can support the club however you want, you know. And I'm not going to, I don't have a problem with, with that. And I, I think that, you know, Football is a game of opinions, uh, but most importantly, it's a game of showing how you love a football team and showing how you support them. And, you know, someone's willing to travel eight hours to go and watch uh, one of our players on loan and find out that that player's not playing. I mean, that's more more of a commitment to, you know, that's as much of a commitment to me as, as you know, leave, leave, leaving your house in Wollstone and walking across the Itching Bridge to go and watch us, yeah. you know. So fair play to uh, any 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 Southampton fan wherever they are and yeah. however they choose to support us absolutely you know yeah. I just wanted to make that clear sorry because I, I, I don't I, because I, it, it annoys me 
frankly, and I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's a bit of a rant from me. I have to apologize. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that. And I think the majority of, of fans are, 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 are decent people. And then there are the loud ones sometimes who, who are, who have to voice their, uh, their opinion and their thoughts on people and prove, you know, reasons why they are better. Um, and, and, you know, we, I mentioned it earlier, but my family and I, we went uh, to, to our, if you want to call it our local team, this is, it's, it's a three hour drive each way. And exactly. that's, that's, and we, I mean, I, I was so happy yesterday that I had my wife, daughter and son who, you know, my, my son likes Arsenal, but do, does he watch them every week? Does he have to do that? No, he, he likes to go to games. He's told me, I like going to games. I don't necessarily want to sit and watch on TV. But we were, we sat at a second division soccer game last night or football game and had the absolute best time with with Dave Lee, another uh, Saints supporter who drove up from Bakersfield with his wife and and we just sat there and had a fantastic time in the hundred degree heat uh, at kickoff and it was it was a it was a fantastic night. I am exhausted today and dehydrated, um, but I mean we 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 had a great time and and for us that that's that's as close as we can get to to going down and, and watching our local team and it was it was great but but yeah I, I appreciate i appreciate your comments there no 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 worries man no worries all right one one more um right. so, so from fred lazaro 2011 uh he says saints were luckier than they were good today uh even yeah. up a man they seem to always be uh, one accurate shot by brighton away from dropping points um does the team just need more time to gel or does ralph need more tinkering I, I think it, I think it, 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 it's it's a balance between that. If, if you kind of looked at that as a as a kind of you know as as a pie chart, I, I, I'd think it's probably like you know sixty percent the team adapting um, to to things. You know, players bedding in, finding their feet. You know, the you know, Shea Adams will only get better better with time. Um, you know, our new signings will only get better with time. The players will get used to playing in this formation. Um, a little bit with Ralph tinkering because he just needs to find out who are his 100% solid starters. Um, but I think we're closer to that now. We're closer to knowing that now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that that's the situation that we're in. I, I think that it's a little bit of both, but predominantly I think it's about the players kind of settling into uh, the league and, 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 their, and, and, and this style of play. Yeah, but I think I think I think we come along, and also I mean we you know and I think you know we're we're always one shot away from disaster because we're Southampton Football Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, and I guess I mean life is more exciting that way, even if it's not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, yeah, I I I would always say that. Yep, so, like supporting Southampton, it's it's often uh, it's often infuriating. Uh, occasionally, uh, you know, transcendent. Uh, but for the most part, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a, it's a trudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. That's right. That's why we do it. Um. Well, Ben, this has been. I mean, I've had a, a fantastic time talking. We talked before we we recorded, and uh, it's it's been it's been great to catch up with you. It's, it's been too long. Um. But uh, people can find you on Twitter and, and get your ideas there uh, at Arches Road End. You're also on, on Instagram at Arches Road End. Uh, yep. And then the the blog is archesroadend.wordpress.com. And uh, I mean, if people want to look you up there and, and stay in touch and make sure they are, are following along for when you, when you, um, 
you know, write, write about it, about the team again, I think people will be, uh, more than happy for, to have you back and, and, and doing that. And, uh, thank you. I mean, yeah, this has been great, man. Thank you. No, thank you so much. And, and yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Ben Hernandez-Stroud, who is the Archers Road End. You can follow him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Archers Road End. You can also get his writing at archersroadend.wordpress.com. There are links in the show notes to follow all of those. He's a great follow. It's a great read. Don't hesitate to go and do that. Special thanks this week also goes out to all of you who are listening. Thank you for your support, for writing in, for letting me know, for getting in touch, uh, for asking your questions. Uh, You guys all help make the show better each and every week. And for those of you over at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery, thank you for all the support. Uh, You have allowed me to do new things and try new things. uh, And I hope that you're enjoying the experience as much as I am. If you want to follow this show on social media, you can do that. We are on Twitter and Instagram at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. You can follow the show or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, ACAST, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are links on the show website at SouthamptonDelivery.com. There are links in the show notes to get there as well. This week on the Instagram page, we had a guest post uh, from Matt Beeling. Matt, does the logo for the show. He used to be the man behind the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Now he's just awesome and he does stuff and it's great. The Southampton page is the official partner page of the show. Uh, Without their support, uh, many of you would not be listening to the show right now. Now, So if you don't follow them already, at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you should do that. Also be sure to check out their new YouTube channel. Uh, Jem is doing some fantastic things over there. So go there, check it out. Once again, links are in the show notes. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the intro credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. That does it for this week. We'll be back again next week after Man United. And in the build-up to that, be sure to check out The Ugly Inside. Freddie was kind enough to invite me back on for the match build-up show, so that should be out later this week. And until then, remember that together, we march on.